Welcome to the Way Church Podcast. The Way Church exists to love God, love others, and make disciples. You can find out more about the Way Church at thewaychurchrva.com. Now we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Good morning. I'm Dottie Brown, and my husband Rick and I serve in the kids' ministry here at the Way Church. Today's reading, again, is from Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is God's word. Thank you, Dottie. Father, we thank you for bringing us in this place this morning. We just ask that you continue to lead us and guide us in your word and let it overflow to a heart of worship to you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Church, you may have a seat. Take care of that. Thanks. All right, we're starting a new series this morning. We'll be going through this month of December. God gives. And so what we're looking at is in this season of giving, we're going to look to the reasons why we give and all the great gifts that God has already given us. It's just a good time to pause and reflect on what we're really celebrating in this Christmas season because it could pass so quickly and we get so distracted Maybe it's just me. I think we all handle this a little bit differently. And so this morning, one of the great gifts that we're going to look to that God has given is the gift of hope. Hope. And Christmas does interesting things. For many people, it breeds a type of hopefulness. And then there's many others, it breeds a different kind of hopelessness. And hope's an interesting thing because hope hinges on what or where your hope hangs, where it rests. That's what we're look at this morning is hope. And, I, and for some of you, I, it's been maybe, you know, as I think through my, my own childhood years, right? And if you can remember back to your Christmas as a child, and so for many, it may have to flip back a little further in your Rolodex memory. And if you don't know what a Rolodex is, you probably remember very well. But I just remember there's so many Christmases I just hope for this certain thing. And that's, I was just so hopeful that I would get whatever this thing was. And in many Christmases, when I didn't get this said thing, I was disappointed. I got many other things. I was very blessed and God was very good to us, even though we weren't following God at all. That we would, never went without need. And so Christmas wasn't really a thing that we weren't, wasn't fearful that I wouldn't get something. But even I wasn't satisfied with the gifts I often got because I'd hoped for something else. Even though I got many things, really kind of spoiled in a way, I was still disappointed. Interesting. And that's what we get to this morning is just this concept of hope and what hope is and what hope isn't. And it starts with the verse that we saw here, and this is what we're going to continue to go through this morning is Romans 15, verse 13. And it starts with, now made a God of hope. When the Bible speaks about hope, it's not the same way as we typically think of hope. Let me give you the definition that we get of hope from the dictionary. It's simply a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Sounds a lot like a wish to me, right? Like I hope, like, but it's funny, as we use this type of hope, there's always a flip side that's also doubt. 
Because we're hoping, but we're not sure it's going to happen, and usually it's probably not, so I try not to get my hopes up, and we use this type of language. Like this wishing on a star mentality, right? Just throwing hopes and wishes up, and maybe they happen, maybe not, but I'm guarding myself. And It's a reminder, as we come to hope in the Bible, we're not wishing on a star, we're hoping in a Savior. The hope is different, though. When the Bible, in this way, uses hope, it's expectation with certainty. It's anticipation with assurance. It's going under God's guarantees. These things are so. These things will happen. In other words, God will do what he said. That's what that means. God will do what he said. Why? As 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9 says, God is faithful. That's why. As Malachi 3, 6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. And so God's faithful, what makes his faithfulness even greater is it doesn't hang on your faithfulness. That's good news. Am I alone in that? Because I'm not always the most faithful. Can I say that as a pastor? Is that weird? 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Why? Because he is faithful. That's who he is. The point is, God will do what he has said. Which leads us to two things that I see, I think we all struggle with at some level, at some point in our lives. These two hope hurdles that we have. So I'm going to go through two of them. So the first hope hurdle that I believe we all have had, and maybe still are having, is that we don't know what God said. We don't know what God said. And what I don't mean, because I know this lands two different ways. The people who have the Bible and know their Bible said, I know what God said. The people who don't read their Bible and don't know anything about the Bible, probably like, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know, don't know what God said. The point is, God has given us opportunities to know what he said, but oftentimes we do nothing with it. What does it have to do with hope? I'm glad you asked. It's a great question. Because in Romans 15, if you back it up a few verses to verse 4, verse 4 says, For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. It's interesting that God has given us his word to inspire hope. Notice it doesn't say hope through endurance and through encouragement from our circumstances. Hope through our spouses. Hope through our support groups. And don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying any of those are bad, but that's not the source of where our hope comes from. Notice it says, he says specifically here, the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, right into the church in Rome, so that hope comes from the Scriptures. Endurance happens by way of hope. Encouragement happens by way of hope. Hope happens through knowing God by way of his word, a.k.a. the Scriptures, also known as the Bible. Many of us are familiar with the old children's song, Jesus Loves Me. Anybody know this one? Jesus Loves Me. Yeah, classic, right? 
Let's say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for... Amen? That's the only reason you know that Jesus loves you. That's the only reason that you know that God loves you because he's told you so through his word. And so, point that we get to clarify that the Bible isn't just some old book. It's a collection of letters that God's given us to know him. It reminds me of early in my Air Force career. It was October 2001. I found myself deployed for the first time in Uzbekistan. Now, if you remember that time frame, it was a month after September 11th. So we're in Uzbekistan having to set up a base for wartime. Totally disconnected from my family, United States, really the world around us. I had no idea. All I knew, we were in war. The only reason I would know what was happening back at home or with my family or friends is by way of letters. We did not have the cell phone technology that we do now. So when we get letters in, that was hopeful because now I actually knew, one, my family's doing well, things were going okay, got updates, whatever it was from friends. But that's the only way it's through these letters, only way that I knew. And I knew I could trust what was being said in these letters because of who they were coming from and my relationship with them, that they were trustworthy. I had never doubted what these letters said because who they came from. Which brings us back to the Bible. A collection of letters from God given to us so that we can know him and it's trustworthy. They are faithful because of who he is. God's inspired word, the Bible, was given us to inspire hope. That's really what we're going to this morning. God's inspired word was given to us by the God of hope to inspire hope. And in my time this morning, or this, this week in preparing for this morning, my time just in the word, in prayer, spending time with God for this time together, I became very aware that I have nothing to say that can give you any lasting hope or any lasting healing. I have nothing good to say to you. But I know who does. God and his word. It is only the word of God by the spirit of God that can bring the lasting hope of God in your life. And so what I'm going to do for the next few minutes is as I was spending time just with the Lord this week, there was various passages that came to mind that just promises that I feel that we need to pause and ponder this morning. And I'm praying that as you hear God's word proclaimed to you, that God just invades your heart and just encourages and refreshes you by his word together this morning. So as I read through these passages, I just want us to pause and hear God speaking to you and to areas of your life that he needs you to. Because I know in a room this size that we're dealing with all kinds of things. That I could never speak like this to every one of the needs, but I know who does. God does it by way of his Holy Spirit through his word. Let's spend some time just hearing the word of God. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. The Lord is the one who will go before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or abandon you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. 
Psalm 37, 23 and 24, a person's steps are established by the Lord and he takes pleasure in his way. Though he falls, he will not be overwhelmed because the Lord supports him with his hand. 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And my people who bear my name, they humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from the evil ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Psalm 139, 13 and 14. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Psalm 145, verse 18. The Lord is near all who call out to him, all who call out to him with integrity. James 1, verse 5. Now, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith without doubting. 2 Corinthians 10, 13, But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to bear it. Philippians 4, verse 19, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world in this way that he gave his one and only Son, that so everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 3, 1, see what a great love the Father has given us, that we should be called children, God's children. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, and remember, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And looking past that, in Revelation 21, after Jesus does return, we have a vision given in Revelation it says, then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling with is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them, and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, pain will be no more, because the previous things have passed away. And finally, Romans 8, 28. We know. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. My prayer is as we read God's word, that God's spirit just fills you with this hope that comes from God. Let his promises just wash over us this morning and encourage our hearts. Again, the first Hope hurdle that I just see that we all have at some level, some way, at some time, is that we didn't know or we don't know God's word. God's given us his word to know him. Which brings us to point number two, because yet merely knowing is not enough to get hope growing and to keep hope going in your lives. Which leads us to hope hurdle number two. We don't believe God's word. We may know it, but do we believe it? It goes back to verse 13 that we've been reading, Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe. As you believe. 
I mean, who in here can use a little bit more joy and peace in your life right now? Should I check back in two weeks? Does the craziness of Christmas ramps up? Notice that the feeling of joy and peace only comes by way of believing, specifically believing God. Believing God. Now, can we be just honest this morning? Now, listen, I know, like we said, church is no place for honesty, but we're going to try it out. Can we do that together? Give it a shot. Christians. As a Christian, by raising your hand, who has ever experienced any level of doubt? Why do I do this? I mean, if you look around, keep your hands up. It's all good. We can raise our hands in church. Yeah, it happens. The charismatics are like, yes, finally. <laughs> but look around. You should be encouraged because we, you can put your hands down. I'm like, my shoulder's burning. January's coming. You can do your New Year's resolutions to get in the gym. Uh, we experienced doubt. We just do. There's some kind of false thing, like as a Christian, I should never doubt. I should be full of faith and never unbelief. It just doesn't happen. Things happen. But what do you do with that? You just don't sit in your doubt, sit in your unbelief. There's something we need to do with it. There's an account in Mark 9 where this dad, this desperate dad, brings his son who has just been plagued all his life with seizures to the disciples asking to do something. Surely you guys can heal and pray over, do something. And they couldn't do it. And then Jesus comes up, seeing the commotion, asks, what's going on? And dad turns to Jesus and says, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus says, if I can, everything is possible for the one who believes. And it says, immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. I mean, have you been there? Like, I believe, but I'm having problems with unbelief. I have faith, but I have doubt. Like, what do you do in those times? I believe the precedent that we see all throughout the Bible, all throughout failed humans that God uses for his glory, is these desperate cries in the midst of unbelief, doubt, despair, hurt, Sometimes we just need to be real and honest with God and one another. Like we come in here, how are you? Blessed and highly favored, right? And really your life is burning down. But we put on this face. It's okay not to be okay. You just can't stay there. I love that we just sung, bless the Lord. Because what that song is, is that song is preaching to ourselves. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Right? Worship His holy name. We're preaching to ourselves. And that's what you see throughout the Bible is these people preaching to themselves in the midst of deep despair. So I don't know how much you know about the prophet Jeremiah, but Jeremiah went through some stuff. He's attributed to writing Lamentations. And Lamentations 3, verse 17 and following says this. Just this honest cry. He says, I have been deprived of peace. 
I have forgotten what prosperity is. Then I thought, my future is lost as well as my hope from the Lord. I continually remember them and become depressed. You been there? Peace is gone. Finances went somewhere. All hope seems now to be turned to hopelessness. And you can't stop thinking about them. And it drives you deeper and deeper in despair, into depression, because it consumes you because these things are real. And this is Jeremiah who had been used by God in amazing ways, but he went through some stuff. But what does he do? Does he just stay there and spiral? I don't know about you, but I had the temptation to stay there sometimes and spiral. No, he says in verse 21, he says, yet. These things are happening. This is how I feel. Yet, I call this to mind. Remember, I remember. And therefore, I have hope. He says, because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I put my hope in him. What he's doing, he's preaching to himself. And we see that all throughout Psalms. Man, if we prayed some of the prayers and Psalms in our community group, they'd be in some uncomfortable places, right? In Psalm 62, verse 5 and 6, he just says, Rest in God alone, my soul. For my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. You know why? Because he's been shaken. He says, no, I will not be shaken. My rock, my foundation, my salvation is in the Lord. Why? Because he is not shaken. He is immovable. He is faithful. He is everlasting, always strong, always trustworthy. That's where my hope rests. If my hope is there, then my hope will not fail. point is we battle unbelief by remember what you believe because of who you believe but what we need to see and what we see here in verse 13 is hope is only gained and retained by the spirit of God through the son of God through faith in God that's what we see here look at verse 13 one more time now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit Christian, are you overflowing with hope today? Just overflowing with it. There's times, right? Sometimes you just feel like on top of the hope heap. Other times, not so much. If not, maybe we've forgotten who we are because of whose we are. It makes all the difference. You know, it's interesting, when you read through the New Testament, it's a collection of letters mostly written to New Testament local churches. And a common theme throughout all these letters is the Gospels being shared. Why is that interesting? Because they're written to Christians. The Gospel is being written to Christians. Why? Because I think we forget the Gospel. We forget what God has done in our lives. We forget who we were, and then God interrupted and totally changed us. Despite who we were, God interrupted and made us a new creation. I think we forget that. I think there's a danger in forgetting that. I love Christmas season because it's a reminder what God did. Jesus is our hope, stepped in to give hope that doesn't fail or fade. 
And so I think we need to remember the gospel, the gospel that God, who is real, more real than your reality, created you to be with him in his image, as First Genesis 1, 27 says. Just pause and reflect on God created you in his image, remarkably and wonderfully made, what value you have because of who God is. Yet we have a problem. It's called sin. Sin, those things that we do without any consulting God, we just want our own way, and oftentimes opposed to what God's ways may be. We do what we want, when we want, how we want it, God, you stay over there, if you even exist, maybe anyways. And what the Bible clearly says is our sin, just one, separates us from him. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. This death is eternal separation. Isaiah 59, verse 2 says your iniquities, our iniquities, your iniquities are separating you from your God. These sins are separating us from God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not listen. These sins that we have separate us and make things worse that our sins cannot be removed, erased by any good deeds, any good works, any righteous acts that we do. You can't be good enough to get God's grace. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, All of us have become something unclean. And all of our righteous acts are like a polluted garment. And this is interesting because this is about the grossest thing to the Jewish people that could be created. It's minstrel rags is the terminology that's used there. So the point is, whatever you're trying to do to earn something from God, a right standing to God, those things that you're trying to do to get something or just stand on your own goodness are like a polluted garment. A dirty menstrual rag. Let me take a step for it. It's so disgusting. It'd be like taking a present that's so beautifully wrapped, all the bows and the packaging, unwrap it, and you find a fruitcake. It's that gross. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> disgusting. But in God's sight, that's what our good works look like if we're trying to earn something from him. But here's the good news, because like, okay, is there good news somewhere in here? There is. That's what the gospel means. Good news is paying the price for our sin. Jesus died in our place and rose again, paying the price for our sin that we couldn't pay, conquering death and the grave, rising again on the third day, showing God's stamp of approval, say, yes, payment accepted. Romans 5.8 says, but God proves his own love for us that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Again, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. When Jesus was on the cross, nailing, getting nailed to the cross, some of his last words says, it is finished. Tetelestai. This is, this is huge. Because what Tetelestai was, it was often stamped on payments of debt that were paid in full. You would pay your debt in full, it would say tetelestai, meaning it is finished, paid in full. What Jesus is saying is, all sin forever, whoever one who believes comes to me, your sin debt has been paid in full, done, finished. And that everyone who believes has eternal life. 
Everyone. I don't care what you've been through, what you're going through. Everyone who believes that Jesus somehow, some way, you don't have to believe at all, that died for your sins so that you can have life with him and to live with him, for him, as your Lord, your Savior, because I can't do anything good of myself. I've been a crummy job at being God of my own life. I see I need him. Your faith alone in his finished work brings you from death, dead in your sins and trespasses, to alive in Christ Jesus forever. The thief on the cross is so good because here you have Jesus nailed between two thieves. One just yelling garbage at him. Right? Save yourself. You get down if you are who you say you are. And you have a second thief. He says, you fool. Don't you even know who you're talking to? He turns to Jesus and says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Here, this thief on the cross could do nothing. He had lived a life for himself and now getting what he deserved. And he calls out to Jesus, can do nothing for himself, could do nothing good of himself, has done everything contrary to goodness. And he says, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. What's he expressing? He's expressing faith that Jesus was who he says he was. And so by what Jesus was doing, Jesus had the authority to grant this thief into heaven, into his presence. And what did Jesus say? Do you remember this? Jesus, he said, well, I wish I could, right? Oh, golly, it looks like we ran out of time. If only you would have, right? If only you would have done a couple more good things. Like, you're just a little bit short. Man, if only you would have been baptized. That's a really good thing. Ah, I can't do it. He says, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. And this is the invitation to anyone out there who is struggling with disbelief that said, maybe Jesus, he says, at the moment you believe, today is a day of salvation. Today, you can have a relationship with me. Today, this moment is the moment you can come to me and forgive all our sins and have a life in Jesus, have life with purpose, the purpose that you created to have in the first place because I am your God and I desire for you to have a relationship with me. Today is that day. And man, I'm just asking the Holy Spirit just to move in us this morning. Because I know, I know that people are struggling with following Jesus by faith and then even considering Jesus. I'm asking that Jesus breaks through your heart, softens it, and sees that I need Jesus. Because the truth is, we're just not guaranteed tomorrow. And there is a point where we do run out of time. And this is the gravity and burden I feel every time we come together, is there is a moment where we will run out of time. But as long as you have a heartbeat in your chest and breath in your lungs, you still have time. Today is a day of salvation. Like we do every single time we gather, we're going to pause here in a moment just for a time of reflection and response to what God's doing, specifically in you in this moment. I'm going to invite the band back up, and we're going to, we're going to sing another worship song. And we're going to pray. But as we sing this last worship song out of response, this is important. I'm going to ask you just to do what God's calling you to do in this moment. I mean, for many of us, it will be standing and singing because it's a right response of a worship because of who God is. But for some, 
It may just be sitting and praying and just being honest with areas of struggle in your lives with the Lord. He knows, but he wants you to come to him. Just be honest. Maybe you need to gather with some folks right around you. Spend some time in pray, praying together as we sing this last song. We're going to have a prayer team to the side. We love to pray with you, pray for you. For many and for some, it's time to take that next step in following Jesus. It could be that first step. Today is the day of your salvation. Today you can start the relationship with Jesus that lasts forever. Today you can be sealed and filled by the Holy Spirit the moment you believe. The Bible calls it a new creation. I don't know what God's calling you to do, but God's calling you to do something. Because God's word does not return void. And that's all you heard this morning is God's word. God's word. God's word. I want us to leave here knowing that our hope rests in who God is. Because God is the God of hope. God has done and will do what he said. So as we prepare, just respond and prepare to go... On throughout the rest of this Sunday, I want to leave you with this word from Philippians 1, verse 6. He says, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is the hope we have. God is faithful. Even in our faithlessness, he will finish the work that he started in you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for bringing us here this morning. We thank you for this time just to rest in your presence and to remember who you are, the God of hope, faithful. We thank you for your inspired word that inspires hope in us, Father. And so that's what we pray right now, just that you continue just to work and move in this place and in our lives, because we need you. Lord, we pray for your healing in the areas of hopelessness that we've been dealing with. There may be circumstances, family dynamics, this season that just breeds a, a hopelessness at times because of the experiences that we've had. We know that you can heal. We know that you do heal. So we pray that you heal the hopelessness with the hope that is everlasting, that does not fail or fade and will not get taken away because it's in you. Help us remember who we are because of who you are. We thank you for being a good father and calling us children because of what you did on the cross for us. Lord, lead us in response. Lead us in worship. Let this Time of worship just propel us into a season of worship in this season where we remember your amazing love poured out through Christ Jesus. We thank you, Father. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Way Church Podcast. If you would like prayer or if you'd like to talk to someone about a personal relationship with Jesus, please contact us through our website at thewaychurchrva.com.